Evening everyone, Saturday night we are back, season three of Celtic FC Appreciation Podcast, uh, a TikTok star, our very own John Tierney has joined us, he was, uh, I believe you were pre-seasoning, was it Vienna you went to John? Vienna mate, took the scenic route there, and the scenic route back, but uh, it was uh, a nice nice wee getaway, uh, and uh, seeing Celtic made it all all fantastic. What did you, what did you think, um, what did you think is pre-season? I, I, you know, I always think that it's it's good just getting the, you know, it's, it's like every season you get the the games under players' belts. You you know you'll see a massive rotation of players during preseason. Um, you know you'll see players that uh, are kind of coming back for the injury. You'll see players that are uh, you know ones that are going to be starting this year only getting a certain amount of game time. You'll see um, you know many kind of rotations and um, you know that that sort of thing, but. Um, yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's like any other season, you know, you just you just want them to be, um, you know, fulfilling for the players, uh, you know, and gets them used to all types of environments, whether we're playing against an, an Austrian D team or we're playing, you know, <laughs> somebody as good as like, you know, Liga Warsaw, you, you've got to have these sort of balances in. Um, but yeah, what, what's been your kind of thoughts for, for these games? To be honest, like I'm not a big preseason kind of guy. Like I, I'm no, I don't tend to watch my team preseason because I just think there's like, I it's a good, it's a good excuse to to see the fringe players and see new players that you bring in. But in my opinion, I just think the games aren't exciting enough unless you're going and playing like a top teams like Bayern Munich and Juventus and Barcelona things like that. I, I don't really get preseason. I have seen a bit of preseason. I watched a Legia game. That was probably the only game that I seen in full, and I thought. First half, I thought. First half, I think in many games that I seen highlights of, I think mm-hmm. we were we we seemed to start well, come out the traps well, score goals, and mm-hmm. then just lose stupid goals at the back. Um, I know Carter mm-hmm. Vickers get caught out at, against Legia kind of thing, but My. as I say, if you're going to get if you're going to have defensive lapses, you're you're better getting it done in pre season. To be honest, aye, uh, that that's pretty much it, guys. I mean, I, the the whole point is, is that I think that you. You've got to look at it from the perspective that the players just need game time, you know, whether they're new, whether they're on loan, whether they've just came in. Uh, and obviously, we're talking about the transfers. But, um, you know, it's one of the ones that when I went to Vienna and I went to see Rapids, I thought, well, you know, forget goals here. You know, our players look hungry, which they did. Um, you know, we, we can point out standout players already. Uh, we could maybe say that I've been doing all right. Um, one being Matt O'Reilly for me. Um, yeah. You know, He's kind of lit something up, um, but we can, you know, look forward to to a season where we'll have Champions League football, where we'll have, you know, a, a full squad. We'll have, you know, an, a very, very, very exciting squad, and uh, Andrew's well aware of, um, you know, what needs to come and what's in store for him. Yeah, as I say, like um, lots to talk about, lots to get through. Um, Christopher McLean has obviously joined us. Uh, evening, Chris. Uh, Dell Boy, obviously, if you if you haven't seen his, his podcast, get on his his socials. You know, he's good crack. Um, really, really big Celtic guy. He loves it. Um, Keith Corcoran's come on hoop Celtic. Get on his page. Get on his channels. I know he's into TikTok. I'm not. I still don't really get it to be honest. Um, hopefully, John can post some TikTok stuff for us this season. But um, yeah, as I say, lots to talk about, guys. Uh, obviously, this first episode of the new season we are sponsored again once again by iconic sporting moments if you haven't came across them and um, check them out they do prints from all great sporting moments legendary moments and um, 
you know, from all different types of sports, really, really worth checking out. Really, really cheap, re- reasonably priced, and you know, they're really great to to get frame stuff. I've literally not got enough room in the house to, to get anything else up. So, um, and also the VT company based in Edinburgh, you know, do a, a large selection of teas and coffees. If you haven't already checked them out, you know, get on them. Um, if you're a tea drinker like me, but uh, as I say, lots to talk about tonight, guys. You know. Uh, the close of season at the end of where a successful season. We've won the double under Angie's first season. The transfers, ins and outs, who's who's possibly still going to go out in the transfer window in the next month. We're going to be doing a pre-season uh, review of who we played and who we beat. Um, I was going to talk about touching the Champions League in the group stages and who we might get, but I think we might leave that for a separate show neither the time. Um Expectations, we're going to be talking about what to expect in Angie's second season. Will it be second season syndrome or, you know, will it be more successful, the boys? Um, we're going to be looking out at players, certain players that are going to stand out this season. Who's impressed you in pre-season so far, we want to know. Um, and also we will look at the B team's chances this season in the Lone League, Lowland League uh, second season. And, of course, the women's team, Fran Alonso and the girls will want to kick on from the double cup success last season. So, John, we'll get straight into it. Transfer talk. Um, obviously, Angie's been busy. He knows who he wants. He's went out and got them. Um, who do you think's been the best buy so far? I know we've not seen everybody yet in the team, but who do you think looks the best buy? For me, uh, Gary, it's, it's Cameron Carter-Vickers. I think even with, you know, the fact that we had him on loan last year um, and got him across the line, you know, I think at the start of the season, we looked at Jota and I think Jota was one that we thought, get him signed up right away, you know, showing real talent, real aggression, real drive, real fantastic movement. And he's great, obviously, another sign that we got across the line. But getting Cameron Carter-Vickers over the line, <clears throat> because we, we, we looked at the context of last year, we looked at the course of the games, and we've seen a consistency, uh, you know, in terms of his, his strength, he, you know, he's defending and he's passing, and he's he's just overall kind of play with, you know, Starfelt beside him was was really consistently good. And I felt as though, you know, that that's something that, you know, we, we missed a little, I think, in the previous seasons, you know, and the, the kind of, obviously, you, you look back historically at Celtic and, um, big centre halves like Van Dyke and stuff like that, and um, you know we, we've got to be kind of up there uh, with you know good solid defenders. Cameron Carter-Vickers stood out for me, um, so to get him across the line was tremendous. But who was the standout for you? Um, to be honest, I mean I think as you say the important ones were we all wanted Jota and Carter-Vickers over the line. Um, you know Dyson Maida for me, I know that was always a certainty that we were going to get him, but I think people forget that he was only on loan for the second half of the season, the Duracell Bunny. Um, you know, he's he's saying that there's more to come from him. He still isn't fully, fully 100% at it. God knows, God help the rest of the league when when he's fully at it because it was phenomenal um, mm-hmm. in the second half of last season. I think for me, I think, I know um, Marich Jens is, is on loan, I don't know if he's he's maybe going to be looking to get a permanent move here, but for me, I think it's a steal absolutely to get him on a free Benji Segrist for Dundee United. When you look at the, the saves he made for Dundee United last season, he knows the league, he knows it well now. Um, he's He obviously played well against not just us, but Rangers as well. So, you know, I, I, I think I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be worried if we had to throw him in during the season at any point. And, and the question I posed the other night was, 
um, will Ange go down the kind of Pep Guardiola and Jurgen Klopp route where he might play him in the Cups. So he might mm. leave Joe Hart for the Champions League in the league and he might play Segrist in the Cups. I don't know mm. what your thoughts are on that. I think he might do that. I think, you know, Joe Hart has played a lot of games last year, um, if not pretty much every game. Um, you know, he's kind of pretty much started. And, um, you know, I, Joe Hart, it's obviously, he, he's got to have backup. He's got to have somebody there where, you know, if he, he needs to go away or he needs to, you know, take time off, then there's Seacrest there who can step up and, um, you know, save save goals and he, he can save really well. And, you know, you've, you've seen it in a couple of games, kind of snippets of Seacrest making good saves um, over these friendly games. Um, so it's nice to have that, you know, a little bit of security. Uh, you touched on Wentz there. Obviously, I think he's a, a fantastic uh, signing going forward. Hopefully, it can be something that, you know, we, we talk about again uh, the Argentinian Bernabe mate. you know again I'm I, is it Bernabe is that how you pronounce it it's, yeah I think I think there's so many people have, have tried yes. to <laughs> so uh, you know first Argentinian he played for Celtic uh, great he, he shows snippets of you know his pace I watched the YouTube video but again you can see the high intensity you know him getting up the park really quickly and getting good balls into the box and actually scoring as well you know I think he wants his fullback scoring. I think he's kind of seen snippets of that with Greg Taylor last year, um, just scoring goals kind of at the odd occasion. Um, and yeah, that, that's really exciting going forward. Uh, and then obviously bringing in somebody like Aaron Moy. Um, you know, Moy, obviously Australian national team legend. Like he loved, um, yeah, I think he, I think he loved Scottish football when he was here the first time round at St Mirren, but maybe we didn't <laughs> anticipate him coming back to Celtic. But again, He's um, improved a lot since then, and hopefully now Aaron Moy, obviously getting his fitness up to kind of a good good level, and um, will kind of show. So you know we're, we're in for a really exciting season. Um, I think Gary, I think we're in for a season where we've we've brought in boys that are um, are looking to to play to Angie's standard, and that's yeah. the difference. You know, that's the difference. Aye, as I say, like we we have. Um brought in a lot of, of, of top players and, and exciting looking players and, and I think for me the, the good thing going forward this season is there's a bit of stability where the players know each other so the likes of getting Jot and Carter Vickers and Maida on permanence especially you know they've obviously played in the same team together they know how each other works they know what each other's thinking so that can that can only be good for us in terms of who's went out then obviously Liam Scales are we up to Aberdeen on loan Sorrow away to Portugal, I think it is, on loan. Um, Uruguay just went out yesterday to Oostend in Belgium. Uh, mm. We went Gummery at St. Johnson and, and Connor Hazard still at Helsinki. So, um, mm. in terms of, like, do you think there's any players in that list maybe that you you would have liked to have seen maybe given a chance this season? Or do you think you're not surprised by by who, who's went out so far? I think even as well, Gary, I think you've got to mention Mikey Johnson. You know, there's talks of him perhaps going to an R club on loan. Um, I think I think what you've got to remember is I'm just looking for a standard where you've got chances to, to return back to Celtic. You've got get, you get chances to get into his team. There's a level of fitness, a level of aggression, a, le- a level of desire that Ange pretty much expects. There'll be guys queued up to basically play at a certain standard. Um, you know, throughout the course of the season because players will get injured and uh, players will need replaced and there'll be changes across the board. But um, I think the, the players that have went out, 
Um, we've had them historically. I'm not saying that they're, they're bad players in any way, shape or form. Um, maybe they just need, you know, to try their, you know, their, their skill elsewhere. They need to try their, um, you know, get their pace up or get their fitness up, get their game time up um, and return better players. Um, you know, we, we've seen it we've seen it last year. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But, um, you know, I think Angie's quite fair in that regard, that he wants these players out and loan to actually get a chance to, you know, improve themselves. Um, and, you know, that doesn't actually stigment the players, doesn't bring them down, it doesn't, uh, you know, hurt them in any way, shape or form. It just gives them a chance to show their skills elsewhere, whilst we've got fantastic players maintaining a high level of football, um, you know, and obviously the, the Ange ball that we all love. Yeah, and that's, that's, that's the thing, obviously, because, you know, in terms of you touching Mikey Johnson there, um, you know, I, I was surprised by Ange's kind of quote yesterday that, he thinks there is a decent footballer in there and maybe he just needs, as you say, maybe he just needs a different league or a different style of football just to bring it out in him and just to kind of, you know, get that player that we, we kind of know that, that is in there. But obviously, with Mikey, it's going to be injury worries all the time. It's always going to be, is he it, is it too injury prone and can he stay injury free? So obviously that will be decide whether I think he is going to go out and loan. I think it has pretty much been confirmed that he will go out and loan somewhere, whether that's standard age, whether that's um, Hibernian or whatever kind of thing. Stephen Welsh is obviously another player that's been mentioned as is heading for the exit door, albeit on loan. Um, I mean, I don't I don't know if that will be a late decision in the window. Um, I'd imagine so because I know he's pretty much going to play tomorrow. Um, and you're probably partner, I'm thinking, Carter Vickers. So, you know, do you see Celtic pushing for a for a loan deal for Welsh, or do you think Ange kind of fancies him a bit in, in the team this year? I think Ange would like to retain him. I think you, you've, I think, I think Stephen Welsh is obviously he's a he's a great centre half. You know, I think he, he he wants to play for Celtic. He's he's proven that um, he is a good centre centre half and. Um, yeah, I think I think it's obviously it's difficult because you've got you know Carter Vickers, you've got Starfield coming back, but I think we need to keep our retainer centre halves you know intact. We've got Julian who can obviously play there. Um, yeah, but we, we, I feel as though Stephen Welsh has contributed this kind of like a maybe a, a second or third defender which we've got. You know, it'd be just nice to keep him. I know Juranovic can tuck in there. I know Ralston can play centre half, but um, yeah. Having, you know the the four, two options for centre back each, or four options. You know, um, um, it, it's just it's something that we need to make sure that we've got. Um, the the offers that have come in have been the valuation. Um, obviously, I think there's is below what what's what's required for Stephen Welsh. I think he's a better player than what's been valued at for for him anyway. Um, you know, it'd have to be an offer which is a uh, sort of. Uh, over and above the market value, you know, it needs to be a good offer. Um, to, so, uh, so do you think? Do you think then? Obviously, three and a half million was is, is a figure that's getting banged about. Do you think that's maybe over? Should be maybe over five million. We're talking. Yeah, without doubt, I think I think you're you're talking at least five or six million, um, in terms of valuation. I think he is good enough to to be that that amount. Um, and he's a player that he's a player that you know. It, it, whether that he goes or stays, he, he's a good asset to Celtic, um, and we do need that security at the back. Um, you know, if, if any if any part of you know the the plan falls away, you know, Starfield was injured just now, or maybe coming back from injury. But you know, for ex- example, Starfield gets injured. Do we bring in Julian? Is Julian up to speed? 
time will tell. Yeah, I know. Obviously, um, you know, defence has been a worry for us in, in recent times and obviously even pre-season, which we're just going to um, touch on now, is obviously we've been leaking goals as well and we, we don't, we, we shouldn't really be leaking goals kind of thing. Um, what I would just say is any questions or comments, guys, you have about Celtic over the pre-season, into the new season, let us know what you're thinking and um, get your questions and comments into us. Um, yeah, so pre-season preview, uh, review, John, um, you know, you were in Vienna, um, can I just talk us through in terms of uh, what's it like to go to a pre-season game in terms of for anybody that's not been thinking I want to go to a pre-season tournament or pre-season game which I know there's a lot of travelling especially <laughs> when it's in Vienna well the way I can sum it up is um, you can you can expect the unexpected I think the the you know the, the pre-season is I, I always think when you're looking at going to see Celtic most of the fans will probably go to the Champions League games, the European games, Europa League, um, and they'll fly during the course of the autumn or winter to obviously these places. Um, with Celtic not having any qualifiers this year, I took the notion that, okay, I'm going to go to a game during the summer. I wanted to go, and it was a Saturday in Rapid Vienna, and I thought, let's just go to it. Um, and I went, like, you know, I went the scenic route to get there, but I went down to Liverpool, flew from Liverpool to Vienna. So, be prepared to travel. The way back, um, I had to fly from Vienna all the way up to Latvia and Riga. So obviously pretty much the Baltic coast um, where our flight was meant to be 11 o'clock at night, but the flight got delayed until I think it was 3 o'clock in the morning. We went to board the aircraft and they said, um, sorry, your flight's pretty much like, like it's not happening. <laughs> so um, it was delayed to the <laughs> next day. Um, it was delayed to 3 o'clock. So basically by the time I got up the road, it was 7 o'clock the next day. So obviously expect just when you're traveling to see Celtic, expect the unexpected and um you know obviously extend your travel insurance out for longer slightly. Um <laughs> that was just a personal kind of yeah uh, travel review. Um going to see the game itself, you expect probably less fans um than you would normally see. Um but it is good because you all kind of stick together. It's all you know, like you get to know Celtic fans who are just committed to going to these places, which are nice. But at the same time, you also meet Celtic fans who have stayed over in Europe and want to travel down to see Celtic or they've lived there for years and want to see Celtic. And you see people, you know, across Europe, like just kind of following Celtic and seeing Celtic and going, you're just playing to the Arnies. And then they'll know, they'll obviously know. And it's just, it's yeah. nice. you know, it's, it's, it's everywhere you go, Celtic. It's just in your heart and in your soul. But um, yeah, expect the unexpected when it comes to travel. Uh, enjoy yourself, have a have a good time, experience the culture, and um, yes, get, let's hear your voices. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I mean, as I say, I'm not a fan of preseason, but I think if it was a, I, I have been to preseason games before where we played in tournaments against like Leicester. We played Leicester City after they became yeah. champions a few years ago, and mm. you know that sort of thing was was decent. And if you're playing mm. decent opposition, then it obviously helps. But I think with the, the greatest respect, when you're playing teams like being a Victoria, um, you know, in one and seven now, you can't really get a, a kind of an idea how your team's going to play for the for the new season. I have to say, it does not seem like six weeks ago that we were celebrating winning the league. I have to say, it does not seem like six weeks ago. I cannot believe the time's just flown in. But as I say, we'll talk about pre-season. So we did our first game against Vienna Victoria in Vienna, 7-0. You know, goals from all over the park. Um, Hitati, Johnston, Julian actually stole, I think he stole 
Johnny Kenny's hat trick off him. I think Kenny was ready to knock the ball in the net, and Big Julian stolen ahead. Uh, James Forrest and Rocco Vatter. So obviously, you know, great to see like Sir Julian back playing, obviously, and you know Hatati t- um, beginning where he kind of left off from. But I think in terms of seeing players like Rocco Vatter and Johnny Kenny, you now Rocco Vatter will touch on first. Karim uh, Okudembele's obviously left Celtic. You know, um, didn't really get a chance at the club. Uh, do you think he must be kind of thinking, I've just left the club doing everything I could to get into the team, and Rocco Vat has just stepped into that team and, and scored? So do you think there's a wee bit of maybe hang me with, with Dembele in terms of why he didn't get his chance at Celtic? Uh, I think I think Dembele was one which we, you know, we've seen, seen him play, and I've always thought he's a great player. His height was obviously something that was, you know, it was up for discussion because, you know, in terms of in terms of his, his height, he is low in height, but he's a fantastic, very well skilled footballer, um, and I think he can be skilled in any any team he goes into. Um, you know, it, it, it sometimes it's, it, the sad part of football is that when you're when you're on the fringes of a team, then you have to really work hard to actually get in the team. And um, obviously, we don't see these players behind closed doors. We see the players, you know, when they turn up on the park, and um, maybe the goals or maybe the goals just never happened for Dembele, in which was kind of anticipated. Uh, Rocco Vata, um, a player that's kind of sort of just uh, stepped up this season. Um, you know, it'll be exciting to see him. But as you can appreciate, it's just the sad reality of football we have. You know, so many players that can, you know, either make the team or not make the team. It's just, it's the sad part of it. But um, fingers crossed, Rocco Vatter can can score goals this year. Yeah, so obviously, you know, we talked about Rocco Vatter and he, he does look like an exciting talent and um, an exciting prospect for the first team eventually. Um, Johnny Kenny, do you think he looks maybe more ready for the first team from what you've seen of him? Uh, maybe, maybe not yet. Maybe not yet. Mm-hmm. I know that that game, um, that first game, uh, being a Victoria, he, he looked fantastic. He looked, you know, sharp. He, he loved the goals. Um, I think he maybe just needs, you know, a couple of bench games uh, come on, maybe against like a Samirin or, you know, somebody kind of easy and then just bring him on for the last kind of half an hour, see what he can do for maybe 2 all up. But, um, you know, whether these guys will feature time will tell we've got so many options this year that it's a wonder where everybody's going to play and how we're going to play all these players you know I wish we could have maybe 15 in a team you know like 18 22 instead of just 11 um, because we've got some amount of players that um, are really talented yeah and as I say like um, so obviously that was, it, was a, it was a great start to pre-season as I say not a great opposition in terms of talent but they, we then went on to play Rapid Vienna, um, obviously a team who we've had, we've got history with, um, not all great history to be honest, we've got a few players from them, um, but obviously an exciting game, um, three each, and you know, goals from O'Reilly, Turnbull and Kyogo, great to see Kyogo back in his score sheet as well, but for, for me I think the player that's, that's going to excite me most this season is going to be David Turnbull if he stays fit. David is, I mean, two seasons ago, um, I can't believe it's been that long ago, but two seasons ago, um, you know, player of the year, 
uh, players. You know, um, I don't know if Scottish writers play of the year as well. He was he was fantastic, David Turnbull. But again, David Turnbull, a player that Angie's um, you know tended to play a lot more, especially in these games. I think we can expect to see a lot of David, uh, and yeah. I, I really rate him. I think he's he's fantastic. Um, and yeah, it's one of the ones where um, you know goals are going to come from all these players. I think he's going to expect goals from absolutely everybody in the front six or the front, I, even even the full. But I think everybody's entitled to a goal in that Celtic team. Put it that way. Um, I think he, you have to be um, you know willing to score plenty of goals. Um, I think Angie's wanting to start the start of the season as he means to go on. You know, so obviously the the, the preseason review is obviously. It's, it's for us to look at it and go, right, these games are just to get players up to speed. Now's when the season begins. This is where, you know, business as of tomorrow or, you know, as of this season, this is this is, this is is a time where everybody has to be ready. Um, so that game against Rapid, um, I thought it was an exciting game. Um, and I thought, you know, we, we deserved to draw, but we actually deserved to win. I think they scored at the last minute. Um, so it was it, it wasn't even gotten we were celebrating anyway um but it was uh yeah it's, it's nice to get players up to kind of full full fitness yeah i should i should just point out this is um this is no, this is no magic juice this is just pure orange unfortunately <laughs> um i know it's saturday night but um we've got a product placement so if anybody from starbucks is watching uh <laughs> No, but um, another midfielder that's that's looking like he's really going to hit the ground running as well. Um, you know, he had a great debut season last year. Matt O'Reilly, you know, um, purchased mm. from MK Dons. Absolute steal as well. You know, when you look at what we could have had, we could have had Riley McGree. He went mm. to Middlesbrough. We end up getting Matt O'Reilly. Um, I think we got the best end of that deal, to be honest. In mm. terms of that midfield... It's a congested midfield. So, you know, who is your ideal midfield to, to start on Sunday, maybe? Do you know that that's that's a hardest question that I could have been asked tonight. So <laughs> um the midfield, well obviously you've gonna have you're gonna have Cal McGregor in there, captain, um, starting off. Um I think I think Hitati deserves to be in there. Um I think Matt O'Reilly deserves to be in there as well, um, in that three. Um, so uh, that's that's the kind of that's that's probably the three. I know we can talk about David Turnbull. Does he deserve you know to go in front? Um, possibly. Um, but you've got guys that are waiting, just ready to to go in there. You know, you've got Aaron Moy, you've got um, Idaguchi, you've got so many players that you could just you could just fire in there. I, I, could you expect them to do the, the same job as these guys? Who knows? But the three there, I think, are the most you know consistent, and I think you're pretty much guaranteed, um, you know, security to, and and obviously a good a good standard of play. Um, who would be your front three? Oh no, front I three think. But, well, I think I think to be honest, the 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 five in the midfield, obviously the front three is is isn't it really going to change? I know James Forrest signed the, the new deal, um, but for me, it's always going to be a badder. Jota, he'll go up top. Um, I do agree with you in terms of, you know, Kalmak in the middle with Hitati and probably Turnbull for me. Um, I think Turnbull and uh, O'Reilly especially are going to rotate. I think they're just going to rotate game to game. And, mm. you know, they're going to be coming off the bench for each other, things like that. Um, Turnbull has is, is got a great finish on him and I think he's, he's looking more kind of 
more composed this season from what I've seen him so far. So I'm hoping that you know we can put on a show tomorrow. But that would certainly be um, my kind of five. Um, obviously, in terms of you know I said we were leaking goals, we we, we leaked three against Rapid and then went to play Banica Strava in the Czech Republic. Um, when it was a four-two victory for Celtic, you know, and great to see Jackie Marcus on the score sheet. You know, he's going to be a player where. You know, I, I don't know if you would play Kyogo on Sunday um, or Jackie Marcus or maybe both. But in terms of, do you think Kyogo's going to get the kind of nod and Jackie Marcus is going to be coming off or set play, just playing some games? I, I, I think I think it'll be... A, I, I couldn't tell you, but I think it'll be a, a variety pack. I think you'll have Kyogo playing... You know, Kyogo's my starter for me because I just feel as though the start of the season he loves to score goals and getting the getting the goals in um, at this time of the season is so important. You know, the number of goals, the volume of goals um, is so, so important. I think you, you might probably get a better rate out of Kyogo than you would Jack and Marcus, time will tell. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think I think it'll just be a similar situation to last season. Yeah, and, and obviously... You know, we, we we then came back to to Celtic Park to to play the the two English teams in Blackburn and Norwich. The Blackburn game that that was probably the two games that I actually seen apart from the Lega game. Um, but you know, Jota back in the score sheet, he looks hungry. He can play in the left. He can play in the right. Um, for me, I think he's he, he is better on the left. I think he's more prolific on the left and can be more dangerous. He can play in the right. But I, I don't think you get as much out of them. But then again, if you play them on the left, you're kind of dropping either. Mm. Um, so that's what I'm saying. It's it's that with the mid- midfield being so congested and you only having one one body up front, and that's always going to be Kyogo or Jackie Marcus. It's you're going to be dropping a lot of players. There's going to be a lot of players that's unhappy. Um, but in terms of then uh, Jota going forward. Um, what are you expecting out of him in terms of in terms of goals, in terms of um, in terms of how many assists he can get? Actually, just lost them for a minute. Just going to see if we can get him back. <laughs> uh, yeah. So as I say, guys, um, John's just having a wee bit of technical difficulty. Um, but I, if you've got any comments or questions about Celtic. You know, fire them in is um as I say, we're just talking about pre-season. If you've just if you've just tuned in, if you've just joined us, um we are talking about Celtics pre-season um games, you know, tell us what you think. Um yeah, so as I say, um, you know, with, with the game against Blackburn, uh, you know, we drew two each, Jota and Turnbull. Turnbull were composed finish, Jota was a great finish as well in the first half. I felt like you know, Blackburn gave us a good test. I felt like it was a. Um, I'm actually just going to try and get John back in. Here he is, hopefully. I there we go. I, Technical no, difficulties. First week no. of the season. Let's get the let's get the gremlins out the right way. Do you, do you know what I was doing, mate? I've, I've just, I've just, see when I was offline there, mate, I was just thinking about Andrew's jumper. I just, I just have wee visions. And I'm like, ah, if, if there's some. <laughs> Oh, he's gone again, John. You need to get your internet sorted. I mean, I'm still here. I'm still here. Are you so, still um, here? All right, I'm that's all right. Good. I'm still here. <laughs> uh, 
yeah, Del Boy's just saying um, usual keyboard warriors. I see, yeah, you know, we just had a few a few comments that they're just needing blocked kind of thing. But listen, you know, the 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 other the team on the other side of City won today, so you know they they think they're they think they're Jack the lad down now, but you know, obviously struggled to beat Livingston today. So um we'll let that one we'll give them that one this week. Um just in terms of then obviously, you know, we're talking about Jota there. Um, you know, what are you expecting from him? Obviously, great first season at Celtic, loves the club, loves the fans. You know, how many how many goals do you think you see him scoring? Just far too many. I, I think I think Yota will, will contribute lots of goals this year. Um I think he looks exciting. I think to even have him playing for us is just a it's a it's a great great feeling because um you know, it excites the fans, his step overs, his movement, his pace, um, the way that he loves the club, the way that he talks about the club, everything about Yota is great. So we've really fallen in love with Yota and they always say don't fall in love with loan players and now we've got him in a contract so we can fall in love with him. Um, this is yeah. um, this is going to be something special, I think, from Yota. Yeah, I think it's, it's the start of something beautiful, definitely. In terms of the two English teams, um, did you think there was, there was much competition there with the I don't know if you were at the Blackburn and Norwich games, mm. but do you think there was much competition there? I felt especially the Blackburn game, there was a wee bit of needle there, which was great to see because, you know, obviously there weren't any injuries or serious injuries, but, you know, you just need that, I think, maybe a couple mm. of weeks before the season kicks mm. off to get your, your team up and ready. It gets, it gets players thinking, you know, it definitely gets players into the, 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 kind of, the frame of mind that this will happen during the course of the season. Um, you know, and how, how they manage it and how they deal with it is, is something that they'll, they'll learn from. Um, at, yeah, the Blackburn game, you know, I think the final score was it two each, was it, Gary? From two each, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, you know, it, it wasn't wasn't the worst game, wasn't the best. It was just, it was sort of average. Uh, but, um, you know, I think the main thing was getting players up, up to fitness. I mean, Ange came out and said it. I think, that, you know, he gets players ready for the season, not the other way about, you know. Um, the, the pre-season games aren't there to be won, but it's to get every player ready to win um, and learn from every mistake because no doubt in the lead-up to this game, the start of the season and throughout the course of the season, Ange will have these players ready, you know, and that's got to yeah. be the main ultimatum, you know. Yeah, and then obviously, you know, that Japanese connection um, and against Legia, um, we actually... Sadly retired uh, after after forty five minutes. I think somebody wrote um, uh, we, we we played that well in the first half. I think he wanted off after the first half in, in Poland. So um, I would love to have seen him play the full game, which was to be honest, I was very very surprised with the way it worked out because I thought you know I didn't think it was a great atmosphere at the game. I felt if Celtic had hosted the game, I think you know you can imagine it sixty thousand probably inside Celtic Park singing the holy goalie, giving him a real a real farewell. Because I just felt like he probably enjoyed it, but I, I just think it could have been made so much better and, and I genuinely don't know really why he, he didn't play the full 90 minutes. I get that he wanted other keepers to get their bow and, and get, get a chance, but to be honest, the other keepers were better in the second half, so that's why I was probably quite disappointed that he went off. After forty-five, um, just just then, in just terms of your, your memories of Borok, what's your your kind of best memories of the holy goalie? Oh, that that save against Man United, the the, the penalty save, penalty save, that was just wonderful, mate. Absolutely wonderful. Um, and obviously, Shakhtar Donetsk to get into the Champions League, you know, obviously that was 
very memorable. Um, what about yourself, mate? What's been your standout with we are? <laughs> Uh, do you know what I, th- I think? Probably in terms of for no talking saves, you know maybe maybe the the penalty they scored against Dundee United in the semi final. I think it was the League Cup at Hamden, and and it was like ten each, and it went down to obviously I think it went down to the keepers, and I think both keepers actually scored. Zaluska, who eventually joined us um, after that season, yeah, I think it was Willow Flood that's missed for Dundee United, and funnily enough, he joined not long after. So. Um, no, as I say, like um, for me, that that penalty um, that he hit was unreal, right in the top bin. Um, but I think probably the the nut job that he is at Ibrox um, when he ran over. And I think they actually get beat that day, but he ran over and grabbed a champions flag off of one of oh. the fans and was waving it about Ibrox. And I think he ran to Neil Lennon. I think even Neil Lennon was like, "Oh, piss off you!" Do you know what I mean like? As if to go, I know I'm a nut job, but come on, like we're in Ibrox and now, do you know what I mean? Like, for me, that, that will always be the memory I'll have a, a Arthur Borok, to be honest. The, the, yeah. the penalty save against Manchester United was, oh. it was a blur. It was an absolute blur because obviously Nakamura bangs in a free kick and then oh. he saves a penalty. It's chaos and nobody knows what they're doing. And, <laughs> and then I, I still, I don't think anybody knew that we'd qualified after the game. Um, I yeah. think people thought we still needed a point or something. So I think Gordon Strachan famously had to be told um, by the reporter that, that we were through either to the knockout stages. So, um, yeah, just obviously then in terms of uh, going back to like pr- prolific players, then we're going to look at players that's going to stand out for the team this season. Um, I've already mentioned Turnbull. Look, you can pick so many, but... I think mm. Turnbull for me is definitely going to be a player to watch if he stays if he stays injury free. Um mm. is there anybody in terms of defence or midfield that mm. um that you, you can think of that's going to maybe light the light the SPL on fire this year? I think I think people might disagree with me here on this one. Um and I, I, I and I, I'll totally accept why and I think this is gonna be something that you know, people might say, well, he's, he's fed up, he's finished, he might have had his time. I think, I know it sounds strange, I think James Forrest, right? And I know it sounds strange, I know it sounds weird, but I think we can expect to see more of him. But whether he'll stand out or not, obviously important. Um, something might be obviously debatable. I know it's, he's not going to be featuring every game, but I think he will yeah. stand out in the games at which he'll play. Because this is this is something which I remember looking at the kind of the setup and just got and I seen James Forrest in pre-season working very, very hard, and I thought I reckon he could stand out for us this season. And I don't know why. I put myself in the line, see if he falls, and it's it's failure. <laughs> but as you can appreciate, it's something that you came across my mind. I think if you're going to look at guarantee standouts, I think Matt O'Reilly. I think yeah, he, he looks hungry. I think you know the the the, the movement of him. He obviously Rogic leaving. I'll not cry, mate. But if Rogic's leaving <laughs> is something that um, obviously we need to try and fill the void, and we're hoping Matt O'Reilly just fills that. Um, Hitati as well. I think we can expect to see more fitness out of Hitati. I think towards the tail end of last season, the fitness started kind of peeling off. So um, you know, I expect to see kind of goals from him again. The two two boys which we we wanted to sign up, Yota and Carter Vickers. I think we can expect what we can expect from them. Um, and then, obviously, just as many goals, if not more goals this season from the boys up top, Kyogo, Maeda, Yakimakis, Abada. 
all these guys on form, um, you know, I think that's, you know, where we'll get to. But um, I wanted to just give a big mention about James Forrest. I think he'll feature in more games than, you know, Livingston. I looked at Livingston today. And, um, yeah. you know, they're, they're a team where last last year James Forrest scored a one man in the match. And I thought there'll be games that he'll stand out in. And that's, you know, my, my answer. Yeah, as I say, I think it, you, you could probably look at the midfield and think you could pick a dozen, a half a dozen players that, that's going to be like, oh, they, they'll be good, they'll be good, they'll be good. Because mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of excitement around Matt O'Reilly, especially. We know mm-hmm. what these players can do from last season. So, you know, nothing's going to surprise us kind of thing. Um, and obviously, it's great that he's been called up for, for the Denmark team and things like that, Jain, because I think that's that's a that's a great kind of team to be playing in a really hungry successful team and you know they, they'll make bet, a better player out of them especially playing in that Celtic midfield um but then just in terms of probably what we can expect then what would be a successful season for us this season winning the league winning the league yeah. i think first of all um i think we have to now Make make some headway in Europe, and I know it sounds strange. I know it's probably something that we might be asking a bit. Can I, if you're asking me this last year, I would have literally just said, if we can, you know, if we can get up, if we can get up to kind of competing for the league title, I'd be happy. Yeah. Just competing. We won the league. We won the league cup. Um, we could have won the Scottish Cup. Obviously, that was that was a sad time. But as I say, not the end of the world. But obviously, I think Celtic with obviously. We, we, in Glasgow, you know, we compare it to the other side and the other side maybe made a European final and then they lost that final. That's that's obviously their, their problem, not ours. Uh, but, <laughs> you know, we've got to, I think, make headway in Europe, whether that be, you know, qualifying for the last 16, might be too much to ask, or just qualifying for kind of third place, you know, something along those lines. Um, what would you see, Gary? What would you see? Is, um, I, I think, I think to be honest, I think the Champions League is going to be a bonus. Um, obviously, it's going to be exciting because we, we've not had to go to the Arsene Danewa, um during pre-season and have to play these qualifiers. So it, it's great that we've, we've not had that to worry about. And, and I think, to be honest, I know a lot of Celtic fans have kind of been on and have been like, Oh, like we're gonna get a doing, we're gonna get pumped seven 0 and blah blah blah. If it happens, it happens. We're no we're not gonna get a Champions League group and gonna start playing like we, we were twenty years ago under Martin O'Neill where we made Celtic Park into a fortress and we were beating Juventus and we were, you know, getting results against Bayern Munich and Villarreal and Valencia and Barcelona. That's that's not gonna happen overnight. So you're gonna need to maybe take a few downs, but stay try and stay in the Champions League, try and qualify every year for the Champions League because you will get better at it and you will start beating these teams again but um, for me I really want to see like uh, a really good Champions League group and if we get into the last 16 brilliant but I think to be honest I think we'll be really doing well if we finish third in the group whatever group we end up in Um, so in terms of bread and butter as a league absolutely bread and butter and I'd, I'd, I'd prefer the Scottish Cup to the League Cup and I know the League Cup's the first trophy of the season, and that can, and I believe that actually spurred us on to go and win the league, um, because I think it's a catalyst for for what you do for the rest of the season because it's so early. And I know they've moved it because of the World Cup, so the, the League Cup final is now going to be in February um, next year, kind of thing, rather than December. 
But I think, to be honest, I think um, league in the Scottish Cup, and you know, have a, have a bit of fun in the Champions League. I think that's that's going to be a season where Celtic fans will walk away thinking really, really enjoyed that season. And then, obviously, I just hope we don't. I hope we don't get to a stage where we, we might win the next couple of titles and the fans start. Here we go, ten in a row. Chance again, Jane, because I don't think I could emotionally invest myself in a no. ten in a row chant again after last time. But I, I, do you know what? For the first four years of that ten in a row stint, I genuinely was like, no, nope, it's not happening. We're not going to get that far. We'll get to six, and we'll get, you know, we'll lose it. Um, yeah. And the, the further it went on, the further it went on. Covid hurt, and we go, <laughs> we, we secured nine in a row. And I genuinely went into yeah. nine, uh, ten in a row, believing. We were going to do the job. We were going to complete it. Yeah. We we're going to win ten in a row. And there was going to be parties in George Square, and there was <laughs> going to be absolute scenes, honestly. But you know, it didn't happen, and we've moved on, and we've forgotten mm-hmm. all about it, kinda. Um, mm-hmm. But no, no, I think that would be a successful season. And um, one guy we've no mentioned so far that is on his way out, um, Ian Bankia, Celtic chairman and director. He is stepping down in January. Um, been at the club since 2011. Was made, uh, I think, was made chairman or director in uh, October 2011. In terms of, you know, what's your opinions on on Ian Bankier and his legacy at the club? Well, he steps down. Who's his replacement? Um, <laughs> that's 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 a question. Is it Peter Lowell? I seen there was a report or something. Somebody wrote something that Peter Lowell might come back to step in his place. Um, yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. Um. You know, I think you've got to look at perspective. It's been it's been successful. the The business of Celtic has has been one of the one of the best business run business football you know club businesses in Scotland. It's been um, well managed. Um, and yes, it's been hard to it's hard across the years to be a, a little bit more frugal and um, keep the biscuit tin closed. But um, you know, hopefully, you know with the time now, you know, obviously the biscuit tins opened again, hopefully somewhat. Yeah. But um, you know, I, I think you have to look at it from the the. It's, it comes across as good management and there's good like chairperson skills. If you're a chairperson, you invest in the the, the running of the club. You invest in everything from the top all the way down to the bottom. You've got to have the best interests at heart. Um, in the last ten years, Celtic or the, since the millennium, Celtic have won thirty six trophies. Um, yeah. You know they they've um, like they've improved a lot of things at Celtic in terms of the playing aspect. Um, I always said that you know there is loads to do at Celtic Park in terms of like you know match day hospitality. I think and match day prices. I think they maybe need to get reviewed this season. But as you yeah. appreciate, I, there's certain things that will always need improved. I think kind of half-time entertainment needs to be improved. Certain little things that I don't think is obviously the chairman's role, but he'll, he'll obviously oversee everything and, you know, have a kind of look at things. But um, I think you've got to kind of look at it as a kind of success because, let's be honest, um, 36 trophies since the millennium, you know? Uh, yeah, that's pretty scary. Yeah, one. that's nearly two trophies a season, do you know what I mean? So, yeah. I, I, think, I think, to be honest, just to touch on that point where you know, you were saying things could be done, just just kind of be daft things like entertainment and things like that. Mm. Um, and and I agree with that. And I've always said, I've, I've said for long enough, I don't know why Celtic don't do it, because they've got the space outside to do it. Have like a fan zone before the games 
Um, you know, I've been down to Man City games where, you know, they've got the stage up and they've got singers on and they've got like different things on to the kids and, and all the rest of it. So I think Celtic could easily um, tap into that market and, you know, it would bring, I think it would bring fans up to the games a lot earlier in the day and make it a kind of carnival, make every game a carnival atmosphere type thing. Um, not just for trophy day, don't just leave it for trophy day celebrations, just, you know, have it for every home game because... Yeah, I mean, listen, things are going to cost money at the end of the day, but I'm sure, you know, mm. Celtic know enough companies, enough people to get something sorted for the season. I think that would be great. I know Celtic are doing, there's a thing in the Jockstein concourse tomorrow inside the stadium for, for kids like face painting and beat the goalie and things like that. I think there's a, a private section for that, um, which is great, obviously, but I think we need to be doing stuff outside the ground kind of thing as well as inside the ground. Um, but in terms of Ian Banker, obviously, you know, he's, he's, I would say it's been a success purely because he, even when he's brought people like Ronnie Dyla in, who, let's face it, was, was billed as, you know, winning a golden ticket in the chocolate factory at the, when, when he first came in. And then, um, you know, from that, he, he was very, very unlucky not winning a treble. Um, mm. You know, he was a whisker away from winning a treble if, if Inverness hadn't cheated. Um, in the Scottish Cup semi-final, still no, still no got over that. Never mind ten in a row <laughs> season. I've still no over that Josh Meekins handball. Um, I still know, I still know everything about it. I can still see it. Um, but no, like um, to be honest, like you know, Ronnie Dyla had a reasonably successful Celtic career in the time that he was here. You know, it, it done what it's, I think somebody says. Somebody made a point where you can't get to 10 without passing four and five. It was something like that. So I, th I think that's a good way to look at it because he came in, he'd done the job that he was meant to do. He came in and won the titles for us and kept it going kind of thing. So I think, yeah, I think even bringing somebody like Ronnie Dyle at the club who we weren't too sure about and I think the fans probably were glad to see the back of him. To go from that to bringing a guy like Brendan Rogers, you know, boo, hiss, um, <laughs> I know I've still know for him as well, leaving to be fair. But to get a guy like Brendan Rogers, who was a whisker away for winning the league with Liverpool down south, mm. I think that's an amazing achievement as well. And I know there was a whole story linked to when we lost in penalties to Rangers um, under Dyla. And there's a whole story. I, I think it was, I don't know if it was Dermot Desmond or a couple of the directors went in and there was, there was unsavoury singing. In, in the director's box by by the Rangers hierarchy. So um I think they went away from that thinking, you know, we're gonna we're gonna finish this mob, we're gonna bury this mob and they went out and got Brendan Rogers and obviously the rest as they say is history. You know, it, it led us to to going on to complete a quadruple treble um mm -hmm. between Rogers and O'Neill, uh, Rogers and Lennon rather. So um yeah I think it's been a success. I know people won't like Ian Banker because he's AGM um, debacles, he doesn't really speak much I don't think, he, you don't see a lot of him in the press but I think at 70 years old I think we can all agree he probably deserves to hang up his jacket and go and, go and enjoy his retirement kind of thing Well, I, 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 I say, you know that that, that that season with Brendan Rodgers the invincible season, uh, first two seasons well, out of the last 20 years I reckon you know, I'm, apart from O'Neill in 2003-04 um, maybe striking away. Um, I've I found those two years are very very enjoyable seasons. You know, in terms of the amount of you know players that you know like Tierney, um, was on fire. We absolutely love Kieran Tierney. 
Um, we loved Dembele. We loved. We just. We just loved Lustig. We loved. Uh, you know the players surrounding that sort of era um, at the club, and then um, even Craig Gordon in goals. I think Craig Gordon had his peak peak years at Celtic at that point in time. Um, you know, so uh, yeah, that that's those seasons stood out for me. But yeah, bringing in you know the big Brendan Rodgers again. Um, whether he left or you know bad terms or not, I, I feel as though um, you know he done Celtic a lot of good, and that needs to be recognised more so than the the the, the, the exit, I suppose. <laughs> Definitely. Um, so obviously we'll get on to the B team now. Um, we'll ha- have a look at their, their seasons already kind of started as well. Played the first couple of games, um, but just in terms of last season, then I don't know if you got to many of the games or seen many mm-hmm. of the games. Um, obviously, Tommy McIntyre, the second season in the Lowland League. Um, I think it's a really good um, idea to have him down there. Um, obviously, it's, it's annoying because you can't get promotion, can't get relegation, and I don't think you can win any cups. So it does seem a bit pointless to most people, but I think it's great because they're playing at a a, a, a level like that. Do you know what I mean? I was I was I was speaking to um, Slaney Paul Slane last night. Um, when I was at fives and um, just randomly turned up him. I think the under twenties of. Um, Broomhill FC, I think it is. Um, they were obviously training last night, kind of thing. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I was speaking to him about the the season they played. They were playing civil service strollers today. Um, we we finished third last year. You know, leveling points with the Rangers. Um, Bonnie Rigros obviously won the league by a by a distance. But do you see the Celtic B team going one step further? Maybe getting that second spot above Rangers, finishing above them purely for bragging rights. They could do, you know. Uh, the the B team uh, last season, uh, I think, I think even today, I think was it two each, was it against Spartans? I think they, they drew two each just in a game. Yeah. Today, you know, they're a team that always they're going to be, um, they're hopefully going to be Angie's kind of B team. You know, that's that's the yeah. way we want it. We want the, the 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 filtration of the style of football kind of development into the into the kind of the B team, and hopefully, you know, the style works throughout that league. But you know if Get the if we can get it kind of con- continuity, I think is the, the best thing to, to achieve here. If we can get the yeah. obviously the team playing at a certain standard, we equally want the B team playing at that standard. And as you can see, Ange Ball does works. It, it does work. It, it works very well. So get the B team to play the Ange Ball that we need, and I think it will be um, a successful season. Um, yeah, finished above them for bragging rights for. For talking sake, but um, you know, as long as we're playing good football and it can be a place where players can, you know, find themselves, you know, um, that's a point. I, I think, I think when you look at players, especially that that came from the B team and got their chance in the in the top team as well, you know, you've got Owen Moffat, Rocco Vat, Joey Dawson towards last season, kind of thing as as well. When and uh, was it Boson Lowell? I think that's mm. how you pronounce it, kind of thing. Um, yeah, I think Ben Wiley as well was a player that's, that's broke through. Um, do Do you think there's a player down there that's that's maybe that's maybe close to kind of breaking through? I know probably Johnny Kenny. I've said was was probably I think the the closest I've seen to being full team ready. Uh, you know, Johnny Kenny does look does look like a decent goal scorer. Um, yeah. The, the the thing is, is that you've got to you've got to appreciate that, um, you know that the B team's there, but we've got a massive squad. Like we've got an absolutely ginormous squad of players that can 
uh, that are in the A team, you know. Um, and I know that there were, um, you know, again last season, last season they were unlucky, you know, and it wasn't wasn't as if they were they were bad. They were actually all right, you know. They were they were decent enough. Um, so yeah, but you know, Lol, I think again he is a player. You know, I think he's got a coolness about him. Um, whether he can make it or not, I don't know. Um, Moffat again, who knows if he can make it? You know, that's something that um, you know we actually see snippets of. I think it was against Midden last season, wasn't it? Moffat. Yeah, there was a few. There was a few games that we kind of seen seen him come off come off the bench, kind of thing, and impress. So, um, so hopefully he's. I mean. Listen, obviously, it's it's so far this season. It's it's a, a win, a draw, and a defeat, or a win, mm-hmm. a defeat, and a draw rather. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's been a four points to nine isn't a bad return mm-hmm. so far. Um, and obviously, we we were away to civil service strollers on Tuesday night before playing East Bride and Friday. So, um, I just obviously, you know, good luck to Tommy McIntyre and, and Darnell Dean and Stephen McManus. Um, just, just a touch and see, McManus. There is a job opening at Fur Park. Do you see, um, do you see Stephen McManus being, you know, tipped for it? Possibly. I, I there was a um, Mallow fans that uh, I know, and I was saying to them, I said, you should maybe try Neil Lennon. You might fancy a, a wee spell. <laughs> yeah. And they all went. They all, they all. You want to see the responses I've got? I won't even mention them, but you can appreciate. <laughs> I got, um, but. Uh, yeah, McManus again, a player that um, player and manager um, that has taken over, you know, part time at Celtic. You know, has looked after the club, and um, you know he's he's looked at you know a Brendan Rodgers team, and he's learned off a of Brendan Rodgers, and he's learned off of Ange Postecoglou, and now comes with like an experience of managing. So yeah, he could be going to Motherwell, but. Um, uh, whether it happens or not, I don't know. Hopefully not. Hopefully we can keep him uh, because I think he's, he's a good asset to have to Celtic. Um, but again, you know, get adding something to your CV like being a manager of a club, then you need to maybe take it. Uh, who knows? Yeah, and obviously, um, in terms of then the, the the girls, obviously last year under Fran Alonso, you know, double cup mm-hmm. success, the first time in the club's history that we've won uh, two cups, kind of thing. You know, I was I was at uh, I was going to say I was at both finals. I wasn't at the Scottish Cup final, unfortunately. Um, but the, I was at the the League Cup final, mm. and a cold, cold, bitterly cold night in December yeah. in Farhill. Um, yeah. I genuinely it was a it was a one 0 It was a, a plucky one 0 win, but it was a, a deserved one 0 and it was a deserved mm. win against uh, against Glasgow City again. Uh, you know, a, a great advert for the Scottish women's game. I don't know if you've seen the. The Scottish Cup um, final at Tynecastle. Aye, a tremendous season, yeah, Gary for the for the girls team. I think they've been, uh, you know, excellent. And I think the, you know, even even during the summer, I think it was it was they were playing Hearts with three 0 wasn't it? So there's yeah, I think it was. I was recent. It was only a couple of. I think it was like three or four days ago, wasn't it? It was only so you know they're they're hoping to to, to press on this season. It's nice seeing the the kind of women's football getting um, a lot of attention, you know, especially with regards to like the, the Euro Championships, which um, again this weekend, a uh, big final, England versus Germany. Um, we'll I'll get our Germany tops on tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of the ones that you've, um, you know, you, you can see improving uh, and gaining popularity. Uh, again, it's brilliant seeing Celtic do well. 
Um, I would have a, I would have Celtic in any team, anything to do with Celtic. I'd even support the Boston Celtics, mate. That's that's the way I see it. <laughs> uh, doesn't matter, uh, you know. Just make sure Celtic win in all fronts, you know. Um, it's nice to see across the board, and um, it gets the popularity up, and it also encourages like you know young you know girls to to go out and play football and not feel bad about it and go and enjoy going to training and having fun like you know the same way the same way you know you look at you look at the setup of boys football and the scouting academies you know the same can happen for for girls as well it needs to be inspired it needs to be lifted it needs to be encouraged um you know every opportunity and Celtic doing the business in that regards a real positive uh, for for everyone you know it's gets so many benefits yeah, and obviously, you know, Fran's made a couple of signings. Obviously, uh, Lucy Ashworth, Lucy Ashworth being um, the from the, the, the lose, um, which was fun enough. Fran Alonso's former side. Um, that's the thing. I don't think you, you you've touched on. Obviously, women's football doesn't get or hasn't had a, a great kind of a great time of it lately. Kind of thing. I, I think it is getting bigger. I think mm-hmm. it is getting kind of more. Um, more coverage kind of thing and I've been as I say I've been to a, a couple of the women's games now and you know you, you can tell the difference I would say it's more of a family day out rather than mm. it doesn't seem like you're going to see a competitive game of football you're going be, because you want to support the girls and I think it's it's mm. getting bigger especially with likes of Celtic Rangers you know they're, they're backing the girls up they're letting them play at the, the, the men's first team stadiums and so when when they're getting to play at Celtic Park you know it's it's massive not just for them but but for their families as well so mm-hmm. in terms of obviously you know the, the new signings I think um mm-hmm. I think Amy Gallagher was the other signing um yeah you know do you think do you think then obviously winning the, the two cups last season do you think Fran Alonso's purely basing this on let's go for the league now because obviously there's a lot of competition Rangers have improved you know they mm. obviously um they obviously done well last year and winning the league we've kind of ended between the two of us we've ended Glasgow City's um dominance and in, in women's mm. football kind of thing I think it's something like 14 titles in a row Glasgow City won um so do you think Celtic could battle it out the Rangers then Obviously, Glasgow City will still be there, but do you see us going for the title and, and making that a main focus? Certainly, looks like it. It looks like it. Um, Fran Alonso's looking to to get that title over the line. You know, um, you know, you say Glasgow City have been a team in women's football which have kind of stood out um, and been the kind of the main focus. You know, for for women's football, I think in Scotland particularly, um, and you know. I, the full thing about women's football is that I'm I'm just glad Celtic were the first team I think in 2018 to make women's football full time. You know, it was yeah. full professional. So you know, Celtic are obviously try to get get the team as as good as possible. Angeball, you know, I get Angeball uh, kind of maybe Franball, you know, just sort of yeah. similar stuff. And I think uh, hopefully, you know, this season's a, a a catalyst for the women's team. Uh, Celtic again. Um, I've got to go for that league title. They've got to just um, play. I mean, the the the, the success this year. Um, you know, I, I can't see why we can't do it. You know, I can't see why it can't happen. Um, it'll take a, a lot of hard work, but as I say, uh, Glasgow City and Rangers, both teams are are extremely good. So um, it's just try to get Fran Ball Fran Ball going. 
<laughs> yeah, and obviously, like they were, you know, they were, they were like, he, he has got a, a standard of football he likes to play. It's that kind of mm-hmm. um, European style of football that wants to to see that the girls play. And he's had some great experience with clubs all over. But I, I know he take it, he took them to Madrid for a training camp. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I could think he was, um, I could think he was training camps to go to, to refer to go to to go to Madrid. Um, but in terms of obviously going forward, you know the the I know that the the season ticket prices came out for obviously the, the men's first team, but obviously the women's team and the B team. Um, I'm just actually trying to double check on the 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 what you call it, the prices, but I, I think that a hundred pound for a, a season ticket for the women's um, season, you know, it's not too bad in terms of when you look at how many games they play. I don't know if it's twenty odd games or something. So. You know, it's not too bad if it's something that you're that you're into and something that you could get into. I think it's I'm definitely going to try and get to a lot more um, B team games and, and women's team games as well, kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. I know obviously Juddy's doing Juddy talks. You know, he's doing great things now, um, and he's got a, a massive team behind him now. He's building a a real bit of success. He's he's covering a lot of it as well, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the kind of benchmark for me. That's the benchmark we want to get to. Do you know what I mean? Um, but as I say, like obviously going to try and get to, to more games, kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. So just just to kind of finish on then, John. Um, you know what what are you what you're looking forward to most in this season? I know obviously Kilmarnock are back in the league. Um, you know, we've still got obviously tough, tough games. Aberdeen look a different animal. I think they're going to improve massively. Hibs under Lee Johnson, Aidan McGeady back in the league. Um, you know, is there is there a certain game that you're looking forward to? Maybe a bit of revenge for last season that, that we missed out on. I think I think what what I look forward to most, Gary. I think I look forward to the hard games the most, and I know. Yeah. You know, I think last season, a massive game we mentioned it at the kind of end of season review, the Ross County game where Tony Ralston scored. You know, the hard games this season where we get across the line and no more are the ones that are going to prove uh, consistency this season. It's going to prove that we can win games despite how hard it is, despite how, uh, you know, solid these defenders are in, in the league. Um, I think the what I'm looking forward to most is obviously the Champions League. I think that's a fantastic um, you know, fantastic place for Celtic to be. Celtic belong in the Champions League. Um, champions of Scotland should be playing in the Champions of Champions of Europe. Like they should just be yeah. up there competing. Uh, it'll be brilliant to see. Um, and I think the Celtic will. Um, you know what? What? What I'm looking forward to is is just the. Um, you know, get getting the getting the the games in which we lost last season. Getting them off our back, you know, starting off well. Um, don't need to go to Tynecastle and lose a game and try to learn Angeball. Everybody knows Angeball, and if they haven't been paying attention, then um, you know, obviously they need to they need to start paying attention because I think it's going to be a very exciting season. I think that's a general thing. But what do you think, Gary? I think to be honest, I, I do agree that you know when you go to places like Ross County and go to places like Livingston where we haven't had success of late. There and you know even even like uh, you know winning uh, an away game for the first time in eight months and things like that and going to beat Hibs for the first time in, yeah. since twenty fourteen I think to uh-huh. get them off our backs last season I think it's games you look forward to going and regularly winning again kind of thing um, I'm looking forward to obviously Champions League um, you know hearing that Champions League music what I would like is for Celtic to actually hire a proper DJ. 
um, <laughs> to, to do different sets with the disco lights because mm. I feel like the last few times I've been in games where we've used the disco lights, it's just been a bit monotonous. It's a bit more, a bit of the same every week. Whereas I think if you've got a proper DJ in, I think you could do some really cool stuff with the lights and the music kind of thing. So that's just nit- me nitpicking, to be honest. <laughs> um, but no, as I say, just looking forward to the season kicking off and Callum McGregor, brilliant, brilliant gesture by the club to, to let him unfurl the league flag kind of thing. Sorry, mate. I need to play this in the background. Sorry, mate. <laughs> I'll get. I'll skip to the main part, mate. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I'll just skip to the. Oh, absolute goosebumps! Absolute goosebumps when you hear that. Honestly, is is is. See these nights, you've got like Bayern Munich. You've got. You've got Real Madrid, you've got Atletico Madrid, you've got guys from down south, you've got like Spurs, Man City, you've got Liverpool. Who knows who we're going to get? We'll, we'll beat them all, doesn't matter. We'll just we'll take That's them it. all. I mean, I, listen, I'm, just, I'm just imagining, I, I, I've, I've always wanted Tottenham in Europe. Um, I, I can remember the last time Tottenham played Celtic. I think we played them at Celtic Partner Friendly. And it was years ago, and I'll tell you how far back it was. Um, I think we won 1-0. And the goal scorer was a guy that was on loan called Charles Edward Corridon. Um, oh, and he had big fuzzy hair, and that's Aye. the only thing I ever remember him. I don't think he was way as long, even on loan. I think he he disappeared. But, um, I don't know if he went back to France or not, but that's the last time I remember him. And I'm just picturing more and more Carter Vickers scoring the winning goal and Joe Hart making a penalty save later on. Oh, just, Just... Absolute karma, absolute Aye. karma. Um, but that's that's just dreaming, obviously. Um, and we all do have a proper Champions League show. Just I'm looking at the season ticket prices for anybody that's looking for season tickets for the women's team and the B team. Celtic are actually doing a combined season ticket for the B team and the women's team. It's a minimum of 37 home games and it's uh, £120. It's discounted price, £100. So £100 for to go and see the women's team and the B team um, combined is, you know, is actually, that's it's a great deal, to be honest, if you can't get to the home games. Um, you know, obviously, the, the, the press pricing of the, the men's kind of first team games can be a bit too much at times. So, you know, if something like that could could be more affordable, then, then that's brilliant. And to be honest, it'd be well worth paying just the £100, even if you, if you couldn't make it certain weeks, just get other people to go. But we're going to leave it there um, for week one um, of the podcast. As I say, you can follow us on the socials, guys. Just search Celtic FC Appreciation. Um, We're on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. And also you can check out our YouTube channels, more daily Celtic content there. Um, just search Celtic FC Appreciation. And remember to hit that subscribe button, hit the alarm bell to, to get notifications as well um, of all the stuff. Um, if we can just convince John to get some TikTok stuff up for the new season when he's going to the games. Um, I know he's on the page, so he can he can just fire that up or go I need, live, the, um, need, need those login details, Gary. Need, need, need you send them to me, mate. Aye, uh, de- definitely, because I'm thinking... Like, technology, mate. Technology is just not <laughs> game, but uh, if you send them across to me, mate, I'm uh, trying my best TikTok. I'm good at so... Definitely, as I say, are you going to game tomorrow? I will be, mate, yeah. Yeah, as I say, um, what do you think the score will be? I think it will be convincing. I think it will be a 3-1 to Celtic. 
three one. We are yeah. we are shipping goals to be honest, but yeah. I don't I don't think Aberdeen will score tomorrow. I think it's going to okay. be three or four nil as well. I'm thinking we're going to commit the traps the traps flying. And I think we'll we'll hit three or four tomorrow. I know Aberdeen are going to have a better season um, this season. I, I can already feel it. But tomorrow's just going to be too big an occasion. They're, they're, they're not going to be able to rise to the occasion tomorrow. Um, so, listen, guys, as I say, keep liking the page. Keep going on YouTube and hitting that subscribe button. It does not cost a thing. And we're going to try and get as much Celtic content up there as possible. Um, but until next Saturday, guys, because obviously we get to do Saturday shows because we're in the Champions League this year. That is amazing. I hated the Sunday shows, honestly, because I'd work the next day. Um, but the Saturday night shows are back every week and we're going to try and get some more guests on to interview as well. So um, until next time, guys, hail, hail. Hail, hail.